0: You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Especially components of spiritual strength. Why don't we just just pray? Stretch your hands to me. Just pray. In the name of Jesus my Lord and my God we thank you we thank you we glorify you thank you Holy Spirit thank you father thank you Jesus yes we are before you this morning we're before you to receive from you to learn from you nenda katosto. I thank you I thank you I thank you I bless you oh God Yan de Gedustus Sulabaha, Sendele Ketustus, Gudabaha, Yanimbe de Gedustus, Sulaba. My Lord, my Lord and my God, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Glory to God. We've been talking about components of spiritual strength for some time now and there are different aspects. The reason for this is so that you understand what the makeup of spiritual strength is because I believe that God is preparing us for a major operation to advance His kingdom. One of the things that is needed in our lives is strength. We need to be strong. Joshua could not. Joshua could not go and possess the land without strength. Do you understand? Yeah. One of the things that uh, the Lord imparted to him was strength. The Lord imparted to him strength. As a matter of fact, if you look at Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. um, I think it's from, in fact, chapter 1 from verse 1. Where the Lord tells him about the death of Moses. Why do I sound somehow? It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, saying... uh, Sorry, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. So, God comes and he announces the death of Moses to Joshua. Remember that Moses, nobody knows where Moses was buried. (laughs) I wonder why God did it like that. I guess God knew why. Because Satan even wanted the body of Moses. Why did Satan want the body of Moses? There was something that Moses was carrying. Do you understand? There was something Moses carried... And even in his death, his body was significant. You see, when you interact with God and you walk with God to that extent, the level which Moses walked, I think, <laughs> there are certain things. Even your natural body gets affected. Remember that even at the age of 120 he could climb a mountain. His eyes did not wear. Well. That is supernatural. That is supernatural. It's not ordinary. Where have you seen a 120-year-old climbing a mountain? Huh? (laughs) So, um, Satan wanted his body, but God will not allow him to take it to the extent that Michael, the angel, had to come and contend. You would say, isn't it just a body? It's just a corpse. It had value. (laughs) So, um, Joshua got this announcement from God. Yes, headline news. Moses, my servant, is dead. (laughs) D-E-A-D. This is not a rumor. It's from heaven. It's dead. Yeah. then you go you skip down verse 5 it says no man shall be able to to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses so I will be with you I will not leave you nor forsake you that is powerful Moses was almost worshipped because of what he carried. Do you understand? And God is trying to impart strength to Joshua. I've said before when you meet God, something enters into you. Something enters into you. So this was Joshua's inauguration. By the Lord himself. And how does he do that? He gives him some certain powerful words. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now he says to him in verse 6, Be strong and what? Of good courage. You see, those are some components of strength there. Be strong. Alright? In fact, he didn't even say pray for strength. Okay, it's a command. All right? Here, strong is being used as a verb. Isn't that interesting? It's being used as a verb here. He says, be strong. In other words, it's an action word. How do you be strong? not of the, only that, of good courage. Be courageous. Be strong. So I want to tell you this morning to be strong. Are you hearing me? Be strong. Don't be weak. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Don't be afraid of the giants. Don't be afraid of the challenges. Don't be afraid of the mountains before you. Be strong. Be strong, as the army of the Lord. You must be strong. Be strong and of good storage. He says, "For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them." To this people, six million people, you are going to divide the land. They have not even possessed the land. God is already telling him. He has to divide the land. And the land is full of enemies. Full of enemies. God is not even looking at the enemies. He's looking at his army. He's looking at his people. And he's telling them to be strong. Telling their leader, Joshua, be strong. Be of good courage. Right? Then verse, eight, verse 7. Look at it. He says... Only what? (laughs) Be strong. And what? Very courageous. Be strong and of good courage. Now, be strong and very courageous. Courage is part of spiritual strength. Now, courage does not mean that you won't be afraid. Do you understand what I'm saying? Courage does not mean that fear will not come. It only means that you face the fear and you go for it. You go for it. It's from the French word cur. Somebody say cur. Cur means heart. Yeah. It it, it means heart. So he's saying have heart. All right? So when you are faced with that situation, you need a heart. There's a kind of heart you need. Yes, and that's courage. That's courage. So you use that to go against the enemy. That's what David had when he faced Goliath. Don't you think he felt some kind of, maybe a bit of insecurity, maybe a bit of intimidation, maybe... After all those things, the enemy had been releasing words over the nation of Israel for a whole month, a whole month of psychological warfare, a whole month of propaganda into the airwaves, releasing words, which is what the enemy does to a lot of us. He's constantly telling you how you will not make it. He's constantly tell, telling you how you are going down. He's constantly telling you how you are finished. He's constantly telling you how he's destroying you. He's telling you how you have no chance. For the Israelites, it was a month. For some of us, it's years. Hearing the same thing every day, he says, You are doomed. <laughs> The point that they are spraying doom on some people. <laughs> he, He says, "You must only be strong. In other words, I'm not asking much from you, Joshua. Only be strong and very courageous. Be very courageous. All right? that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Remember, we've talked about how obedience is one of the components of spiritual strength. Because when you disobey, it makes you weak spiritually. Yeah. It says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Be focused. Be strong. Amen. Be courageous. Amen. Face the enemy head on. Amen. Let there be a head on collision. Courage is vital. We need courageous men today. We need courageous women today who will stand, take a stand for the Word of God. We need courageous preachers who will not be afraid to tell the truth. Yeah, we need them today. We need preachers who will not compromise. We need Christians who will not compromise. The truth is the truth wherever you go. In every generation, the truth never changes. The truth during the time of Joshua is still the truth today. Still the truth. It doesn't matter the culture. Culture cannot change truth. Cannot. Advancement cannot change truth. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what country you go to. The truth is the truth. The truth cannot be true in South Africa and a lie in Japan. Then it's not truth. It's something else. Definitely not truth. And that's why if there's any gospel that you need to keep adjusting, it is not the gospel. Yeah. So it's okay here, it's applicable here, but it's not applicable there. It's not the truth. It's something else. Because the truth is consistent. From generation to generation. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we know he doesn't change. Correct? Yeah. So, he says, if you do this, he says, you will prosper wherever you go. In other words, if you are strong, if you are courageous, and if you are obedient. There's no... There's nothing you need to be scared of. Young David sees experienced Goliath. A whole army, nobody could take this giant except a boy with courage and spiritual strength. Yeah, because he had encountered the Lord. He had a walk with the Lord. And when he comes and he stumbles over this, he's not afraid. He says, What is going to happen to the person that sorts out this problem for the nation? We need people like that today, don't we? People that will take on giants. What are the giants in this nation? We have lots of giants I'm telling you. We have a lot of giants. So we need people who can take them on. It requires strength, spiritual strength. Now verse um, verse eight he says, "This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success and then verse verse 9 look again come on he says have i not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go so it's a command so be strong is a command. It's not a suggestion. He's not su- suggesting try to be strong. No, no, no. You don't try. You do. Anytime somebody says to me, I'll try, I just know it won't be done. That's what I've noticed. Have you noticed that? They say, um, can you get this, that, do this, do this, um, I'll try. Ah, I know. I might as well look for someone else. Yeah. I'll try. But if the person says, I will, then there's a possibility that the person is committed to doing it. But when you say, "I I will try, it means there's no commitment. There's no commitment. So, It's a command. Be strong. God commands us to be strong. Oh, well, I'm weak. You are commanded. Come on, be strong. Get some strength. So sometimes we frustrate the Holy Spirit because of our lack of courage. Yes? We can't take a stand. We can't even... Nobody knows what we believe. Nobody, you, it's, it's like... Everybody goes this way, you go. They go this way, you go. They go this way, you go. Hey, hey. For God's sake, where do you stand? Get, get some bone. Huh? Inside you. Oh, and they say someone has no backbone. Yeah. Get a backbone. And stand for something. Even if you are wrong... Take responsibility for the wrong, but take a stand. Let's know where you stand. That's why people cannot rely on some of us. Why? Because as for this person, you don't know where he stands. But some people, you just know. This will not do this. As for this, I know. I can count on you. Why? Strength. It is strength. It is strength of character. Strength of character. But when you want to be in everybody's good book, even the wrong people, you want to be loved so much by everybody. I don't need everybody's love. To be very honest. If Satan loves me, I have a problem. I have a problem with that. Do you want Satan to love you? Okay, if his his demons love you, are you okay with that? So why do things that will make them love you? Or why even aspire? Why desire that? Are you so weak? We must stop it. So, if Satan's children hate you, is it a problem? Is it a problem? It's not a big deal. It's okay. They are being themselves. And it's okay. All right? Jesus was not. Surprised that the Pharisees hated him. He wasn't surprised. And he told them clearly, you are of your father the devil. The works of your father you do. He didn't go having a pity party. Oh, don't. You don't like me. Nobody likes me in this city. In the whole country, nobody likes me. So what? If nobody likes you, it's okay. You like yourself. Yeah, God loves you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. Amen. If everybody is against you and God is for you, guess what? You're on the winning team. Amen. One with God is majority. Amen. You don't need the whole club to love you. You don't need the whole club to agree with you especially if they are not in line with God. Where there's a problem is if godly people, people that are walking with God, people that have the nature of God, people that have the mind of God begin to question you, then you, you, you better pay attention. Am I correct? Because somebody can take this now and decide Throw caution to the wind. And then we're trying to say, "Look, this, you need to make adjustment here." You said, "No, I don't care." <laughs> you better know who we're talking about. Amen? So part of spiritual strength is courage, and that was what it took for David to take out Goliath. That was what it took for Joshua to conquer. Canaan, the land of Canaan. He went out, battle, one battle after the other, went to Jericho, took out Jericho, went to Ai, made a mistake because of somebody in the camp. But he went back and conquered, and he conquered, and conquered, and conquered. What was the secret of his strength? Courage. Hmm? We sing the song, he gave me courage to believe. Yeah, we need courage to believe God. I have courage and I believe God that we will do exploits in this land. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Courage. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. It took courage for, for Gideon to go against the Midianites. It took courage with only 300 people. It took courage. It will take courage for us today. If courage worked before, it will work again today. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you need to be courageous. Even when you are afraid, stand up and fight your fear. <laughs> Fight your fear. Yes. Some of us will not take the step God is asking us to to take because we're afraid. Another component of spiritual strength, let me bring that to your attention, is wisdom. Hmm? Wisdom is a component of spiritual strength, I'm telling you. It is. Let's look at the scripture Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes 9. Verse 16. It says, Then I said, Okay, in fact, let's read from verse uh, 15. It says, Now there was found, talking about a city. All right, let's read from verse 13. Okay, sorry. 13, it says, This wisdom I have also seen under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and the great king came against it, besieged it, and built great snares around it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet no one remembered the same poor man. That is sad. (laughs) That is sad, but this is the reality of life. I want you to notice what it says there. That this there was a poor wise man, even though it's a bit of an oxymoron, because, (laughs) yeah, we know what wisdom did in the life of Solomon, right? So I don't know. (laughs) I'm questioning this poor wise man. All right. Anyway, that's beside the point. The point here is that by his what Wisdom. wisdom. deliver the city can you see that we can deliver the city by wisdom by wisdom we can deliver a city isn't that incredible if a, if wisdom can deliver a city can it deliver a family Come on, talk to me. Can it deliver a family? Now, if it can deliver a family, can it deliver an individual? So, this man delivered a whole city by his wisdom. Although he was poor, he applied his wisdom. And he delivered the city. The Bible doesn't tell us how he did it. But he did it. He did it. Now look at the next verse. Verse 16. Then I said, can you see that? Wisdom is what? Better than strength. Wow. So you can be physically strong. But if you are foolish, that is a disadvantage. Wisdom is more advantageous than strength. Yes? Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. <laughs> Somebody says that that's why you shouldn't be poor. <laughs> Don't listen to poor people Wisdom is better than strength Now let me give you an, a, a classical example Right In the beginning Huh When God made Adam and Eve Put them in the garden Satan Was around Correct Satan was on earth. Remember, he had been thrown out of heaven. He was on earth. Now, question. Satan and Adam, who was more powerful? Talk to me. It's not a trick question. Who was more powerful? Adam was more powerful. Yes, Adam was more powerful. God gave him dominion. He had dominion. Satan didn't have dominion. Adam had dominion. Adam had dominion. God told him to subdue the earth. To have dominion, to subdue. To subdue, when God said subdue, that by by inference is to say that there is an enemy. That need to you. You need to subjugate. Yes. You need to. You need to impose your authority. You need to compel this enemy to be obedient. That was what God gave Adam. So Adam was the god of this world. He was the God of this world and he had the power. He was the sovereign ruler of the earth. And that's why he could name all the animals. He could tell the fish, come out. He jumps out and says, okay, you, this is your name. Go back. He goes back into the water. (laughs) Yeah. He had that kind of power. Yes? Question was there war in the garden huh how did satan get how did satan get it what was it by fight yeah. sure so, you mean there was no conflict yeah. are you sure no conflict at all and yet satan took it do you conquer a whole the whole earth without fighting how 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 Satan I, I mean Adam how can you lose with all the power that you have with all the power that you have you lost it you lost your crown you lost your throne. And yet there was no battle. I don't understand. That beats my imagination. Now look at. Look at Genesis chapter 3. The serpent was what? Uh, this is the message. Okay, it was clever. More clever than any wild animal God had made. Come on. Can you see? That is why Satan used the serpent. He looked for the animal that was, that was the wisest of them. The wisest of them. He possessed that animal and then he used that animal to get the earth from Adam without a war. So wisdom is better than strength. (laughs) If you are wise, you are strong. That's what it means. If you are wise, you are strong. Yes. That's why Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 10, in Matthew chapter 10, um, What verse is it? Where it says, be wise as serpents. Verse 16, 10, 16, it says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Can you see that? Be what? Wise as serpents. That is your strength. Your wisdom is part of your strength. It's one of the components of spiritual strength. Wisdom. Foolishness is not good. Foolishness is not good at all. If you notice that Solomon, Solomon was the wisest king that ever lived, correct? How many wars did he fight? None. None. (laughs) No war. David was busy fighting, fighting, fighting. Solomon, with his wisdom, he had rest. The Bible says he had rest. How? Diplomacy. Yes. <laughs> Solomon, I'm sure he invented diplomacy. By the time he, he opens his mouth and they begin to speak and they begin to speak, it, it just be, it becomes senseless to fight. The enemy will say, I'm better off being your friend. It will pay me better to be your friend. And that's it. Next thing. The next enemy, Solomon goes, they talk, by the time they finish talking, the, friend, the enemy becomes a friend. And that's how all the enemies of Israel became friends of Israel by wisdom wisdom is better than strength it's amazing it's really amazing and that's why even to take the earth back from Satan God applied wisdom. Did you notice that? There wasn't any combat that like physical combat and you know. Do you know that God has the, 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 the forces with which to wage war and to fight? Go meet all meet Satan and his demons, fight them and destroy them, bind them and put them into Tartarus. But he didn't do that. He used wisdom. Came as a child, huh? Conceived, born. Have had a normal child life. Grew up. Learned, Learned obedience. And then, by the age of 30, goes to be baptized. Receives the Holy Spirit. Goes fast. This is God in the flesh. The one that if he opens his mouth, he can vaporize the whole earth. But what is he doing? Wisdom. That's why the Bible says the foolishness of God is wiser than men. So, make no mistake, the fact that one is physically strong does not mean that he can defeat you. If you are wise. Amen. So, in your business, you need wisdom. In your life, you need wisdom. In your relationships, you need wisdom. Some people just go fighting, boxing the air all the time. Everybody's an enemy. You fight everybody. You do this, you do that, you do. Listen, that's foolish. God does not operate like that. You need wisdom. Hallelujah. Wisdom is power. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Talking about wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says... Um For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. So you see, one of God's strategies is that he destroys the wisdom of men because he knows it's a source of strength. So part of his strategy is to destroy their wisdom. And that's why sometimes when I pray, there are certain prayers I pray. There are sometimes when I'm dealing with certain things, I apply, I apply um, my prayer, I channel it towards the wisdom of the enemy. And I, I, and I, and I command that their wisdom be turned to foolishness. Because I know their wisdom is their strength. Okay? So sometimes when you're you're dealing with things, you need to understand that, look, it's not just about shoulder to shoulder. (laughs) No, no, no. It's not necessary. Not all the time. There are times, yes, that is necessary, but not all the time. Are you following me? So he says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. How bring them to nothing? He says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Come on. He has made it foolish. Remember when David was being, um, when Absalom David's son w- turned against his father and he dethroned his father. David had a counselor. He had an advisor, one of his, his chief advisor, Ahitophel, by name. It was said of Ahitophel that his counsel was like, thus says the Lord. So when Ahithophel opens his mouth, God is speaking through him. People recognize that. So he used to be David's chief advisor. Absalom got Ahithophel on his side. Somehow, Ahithophel decamped and went to Absalom's camp. And I I can tell you, I don't want to go into those details, but there was a reason why Ahitophel did that. Do you know that it is, some scholars believe that Ahitophel was the father of Bathsheba. So there was probably offense in his heart as to what he did to Uriah. Possibly. So if that is the case, that means he's like, This is my opportunity to deal with David. Satan took advantage of that. That's why you must not allow offense in your heart for anything. Because if it doesn't if if it doesn't work against you now, Satan doesn't mind keeping it, incubating it for a season or for a couple of seasons. At the right time, it will mature. And it will birth something you don't like. But David prayed a prayer. When he heard that Ahithophel was with Absalom, Oh my God, David, I'm finished. This is the wisest man. This guy's counsel is, 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 the word of, is like the word of the Lord. So David prayed a prayer. My father. My God, God, turn the counsel of Ahithophel to foolishness. What a prayer. What a strategy. I thank God for David. He's a man of war. and he knew the only way out for me to defeat these people is if God intervenes. But how is God going to intervene? Turn the counsel of Ahithophel to foolishness. May God turn the counsel of the enemy. May God turn the wisdom of the enemy into foolishness in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Every counsel of the enemy against our lives is turned to foolishness. Every counsel of the enemy against this church is turned to foolishness. Every counsel of the enemy against your family is turned to foolishness. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We turn it to foolishness. We command his wisdom to become foolish. Amen. And truly, Ahithophel gave Absalom counsel. And it was not smart at all. Amen? Yes, look at the prayer. Second Samuel 15, 31. Then someone told David, saying... Ahitophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, Oh Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahitophel into foolishness. Oh my Lord. Because David knew that the mere fact that Ahitophel is with Absalom, that is one of the keys to David's strength. That is, that is one of his strengths, one of the, his secrets. It's Ahitophel. Because in, in the secret place, in, in their meetings, in their boardroom or their war room or whatever you call it, when Ahitophel opens his mouth and he says, no, you must go this way. Go this way. Position the people like this. Go that way and strike from this place. Don't strike from here. Strike from here. Do you know that David never lost a battle? For his entire life. This was one of the people that was with him. Then now he hears the guy is with Absalom. Then David knows, I don't stand any chance. The only chance is if God can turn his counsel to foolishness. And that led to Absalom's defeat. is a strategic prayer. You must pray this sometimes. Amen? When they conspire against you, they conspire against you, you turn and... Sh- Father, let their counsel be turned to foolishness in the name of Jesus. So they sit down, they strategize, strategize, strategize. And then they discover that they've done a blunder. He said, what kind of boo is this? How can you make this kind of decision? But when they are doing it, it's, it felt smart. In their eyes, it was the smartest move. Amen. Back to 1 Corinthians. Look, let's, let's, let's round up here, I think. It says, verse 21, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Alright? The gospel, the cross, seemed foolish. So can you see, God shrouded His wisdom. He covered His wisdom in the cross, so it appeared foolish. Foolish. And then, if you go to chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, verse 6. He says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. The rulers of this age. The wisdom of this age. Satan. Remember, Satan got the earth. From Adam by wisdom. There is a kind of wisdom. James calls it wisdom from... uh, There is a wisdom from above. And then there is the wisdom from below. From... How does he put it? From the earth. Hallelujah. There is earthly, sensual wisdom. There is sensual wisdom. So, Satan has some wisdom. And the Bible is telling us here that... The wisdom we speak is superior to their wisdom. The rulers of this age have wisdom. If, in case you don't know, I mean, look at the whole system of the world today. Because god, Satan is the god of the system of the world. It takes wisdom to put all of these things together. Give him some credit. And I'm not here to, you know, like, exalt him. But I'm just saying, you, you don't underestimate your enemy. It's not smart for you to underestimate your enemy. Part of warfare is that you need to accurately assess your enemy and know your enemy's strength and his weaknesses. And I'll tell you something. If he could get the earth from Adam without a war, give him some credit. Amen? Alright. So, but this wisdom... It's coming to nothing. That's what the Bible says. Then we look at the next verse. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Hallelujah. We have the wisdom of God. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. That is our strength. Our strength is mysterious. That's why even when you are weak, the enemy cannot defeat you. If you know how to manage your weakness, you remain a mystery to the enemy. It's like, how is he getting out of this? I have set everything, the trap, everything, and then, boom, you're out. And it's like, how did she escape? How did he escape? What? It's such a mystery. It's a mystery. I remember years ago, remember, the... Um, Pastor Sam's encounter when he went to, when the Lord um, ushered him into the prophetic and he went somewhere to preach. He was preaching at um, at a particular town and while he was praying in his hotel room before going to the meeting, he saw, it's like a vision, right? He saw this vision and then the demons in that area were saying where is he from? He said, where is he from? And, and some other spirit answered. They said, oh, he's from, they mentioned solo. He's from solo." He said, why were we not told he was coming? Huh? And he said, they summoned the spirit from where he lived. And they were asking that spirit, why didn't you tell us he was coming? Then they asked, how did he get to this level? A conversation is watching, it's like a movie, and then they summon a spirit from his village. How did he even get to this level? How did you allow him to get to this point? Then somebody, one of his relatives, came out with a chain and said, Honestly, this is the chain I tied him with. I tied him, but he broke loose. I don't know how. Hallelujah. You are going to break loose. In the name of Jesus. He won't know how. He won't know how. You break loose. They've secured you. They have tied everything. They have finally decided. Yes. This is the prison. This is the dungeon. They put you there. In the spirit. You are locked up. You can't get anywhere. And then, boom, you come out. I'm like, how did it happen? That's the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God will get you out of every situation. I'm telling you. It's a major component of spiritual strength. It's wisdom. He says, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. You see, this wisdom has been ordained for our glory. Next verse, he says, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. So you see, the wisdom of God was shrouded with foolishness. So they thought it was foolish. They thought God was not smart. They thought they got Jesus. And then they crucified him. Next verse, say, yeah, okay, sorry. Back, back, back. Sorry. It says, had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they understood this wisdom, they would not resist you. Because when they come, they try to stop you. They try to fight you. The more they try to fight you, the stronger they make you bigger. How about that? You can't beat that. Amen. I love God. And I thank God. I pray for wisdom. I pray that the Lord will give us this wisdom. He will make us wise. Wise. He says, be wise as serpents. You know, the, let me tell you, a lot of times when you talk about serpents, we only think about evil. But there is a positive aspect that the serpent had. And that is called wisdom. That's why Jesus used that to instruct us. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Come on, let's pray. Mighty God. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.